Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Doing well, Sean. Looking forward to getting back in the mailbag, answering some fan questions, and uh, should be a busy week next week uh, all around basketball football whatever it may be <laughs> yeah definitely busy time of the year uh it's also a great time of the year to make it out to the butcher's pub three locations one in palmville one in williamsburg and one in london kentucky you can visit the butcherspub.com or check them out on facebook but Derek, we we do want to announce some changes coming to the mailbag um this is going to be the last time that we do it on friday for now with football, everything, there's going to be plenty of content to talk about leading up to game day. So what we've decided to do is every Sunday, not this coming Sunday, but beginning post-game Missouri, we're going to put up my tweet, your tweet, whatever we do for mailbag on Sunday. And here's the other thing, too. I want everyone to kind of save their mailbag questions for Sundays. So even if you have one to DM to us or to DM to me, don't send it in till Sunday. That way it's kind of easier to keep up with because I'm afraid that we're going to start missing some people, Derek, if we don't maybe organize it a little bit better. Because if I open – because I hate leaving some of these messages unread because I don't want think people to think I'm ignoring them. That's the only way that I can even see them is if I leave them as a notification and then I go back and check them. So what we're going to start doing is when you see my tweet go up, I will put it up literally first thing on Sunday morning at like 8 a.m. You'll have the entire day to do it and then send in your DMs and stuff throughout the day. And then we'll record them probably on Monday morning, Derek, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think that'll be a good plan for now. Just uh, through football season, um, probably makes the most sense to spend Fridays previewing that game. This week it's a little different just because it's ULM and, you know, we don't – probably not the kind of game where we dig as much as we would a Florida or – Georgia or LSU, obviously, some of the bigger games that will be on Kentucky's schedule this season. Um, and also, you got to think later in the year, too, Sean, there will be basketball games on Friday nights as well. So, there will yeah. be, you know, it will just be a busy day in general. Well, so, there's six straight Fridays that we're at Rupp Arena. I yeah. don't know if you saw that or not, from October 15th all the way through the end of November. So, there's, there's going to be a ton of content uh, for us to get to. But we're going to do the basketball mailbag for this episode. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. And obviously this question has already been answered. The King Solomon asked, what, when do you think Sharp will commit? And who do you favor between Wallace and Smith? I like both equally at this point, but I'm leaning towards Wallace because I'd hate to see him waste his time in Knoxville. Well, if you haven't, if, if you've been kind of out of the loop the last couple of days, Shaden Sharp will announce his decision on, Saturday, on September 7th. That's a Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eric, I'm pretty sure that everybody on this podcast knows what my prediction is going to be for that. And then for the Wallace and Smith question, I prefer Case and Wallace because I just think that his motor separates him. His his ability to to defend at a high clip, he's got a lot of room to grow offensively, a lot of potential there as well. And I, I agree with the whole part about Knoxville. Not that he's wasting his time in Knoxville, but I know John Calipari does not want to have to face Case and Wallace multiple times a year. Yeah, I'm with you. I like Wallace more as well. Um, I would I would guess just offer, and this is solely golf reputation of what people who have actually watched these guys say. And I mean, maybe I'm wrong on this, but it seems like Smith is a little bit more offensive oriented, at least yes. from what I can tell. Whereas Wallace is not that he lacks an offensive skill, just that maybe all around uh, as a defender, he's he's better. And I mean, 
it's, it's always hard to know what that roster will look like, but there's always a spot on a John Calipari team for a guard who can lock people up. You would think Shaden Sharp will be able to handle, you know, the majority of the scoring, I would think, in the backcourt next year, just looking at how things will probably be. I'd be surprised if he's not – I would be surprised if he's probably not the leading scorer, honestly, on next year's team. Um, so, I guess that gives my prediction as well as to where he's going to go. I don't think there's any doubt that uh, – at this point, I mean, it seems like it's all over, but the announcement. So, like you said, Tuesday night, you say 7 or 7.30? 7. 7, seven o'clock Tuesday night. So, so, check your feeds around that time then. Um, yeah. You'll have an episode. Yeah, as soon as it drops or as soon as he announces, we will have something ready for you for sure. And then moving on to Ben's question, staying on the Case and Wallace topic, even if Case and Wallace is a glorified Ashton Hagens with the pieces he has around him in Sharp, Clark, and possibly Frederick and Allen, he won't have to do much more than distribute the ball, right? But obviously he seems like he can do more than that. And that's I think that's spot on as well. But the thing that I'm not comparing the two players because they're obviously different in size. Uh, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist in 2012 was one of those high-motor guys for Kentucky that was an excellent mm-hmm. defender, would rebound the ball very well, and then was really good in transition. I think Casey Wallace has some of that mentality as well Derek that just that'll chase down and make remember how many times we saw MKG chase down and block somebody in transition I mean the Kansas game the play where he got back cut and he made a play that's Case and Wallace type stuff that's what he does defensively with that high motor yeah yeah I mean I would I would say the basis of this question is probably right that's what I was trying to get at the last time like there should be guys on the team I mean you know Sharp should be there and then I would imagine you either have a junior Dante Allen or a senior CJ Frederick two guys who would have played quite a bit of college basketball at that point who are reliable shooters and I honestly wouldn't be stunned if you know I mean that's he did name I guess what would be five guys that's kind of a loaded backcourt at that point but I mean who knows they have six this year a lot of that's because Mintz came back but perhaps you know he could go to the portal to add somebody else um to the fold yeah and trying to make sneeze sorry (laughs) (laughs) trying to make sure that I'm not leaving something out before we move on from that because I'm trying to group all these together Uh, let's let's keep it on recruiting for a moment here um keith says assuming sharp commits what do you think was the biggest contributing factor and who was the lead recruiter for him derek that we were trying to figure that out the other day about lead recruiters for people in this class and outside of casey wallace and jay lucas there there's really not a lot i think that john calipari has been leading the charge a lot with this class and i think the the biggest contributing factor for sharp would just be that Kentucky established a relationship there a long time ago with him that has been building now. You can go all the way back to the spring. That I, I just think that there's something there that he likes with his staff. He likes with Cal. You know that Cal is wanting to – and you see Shaden climbing up the charts to the number one player in a lot of services right now. How much do you think Cal is, is pushing that too? Like we've not had a guy that's number one like that in a long time, and this is what we used to do. We want to get back to doing that again. Do you think that that's been a pitch at all? You know, come here and play, look at what we've done with number one guys in the past or top guys in the past like that? Maybe. Yeah, maybe, but doesn't it seem like 
UK had already established himself with him even before he rose up the yeah. rankings. So, I mean, if that has become a pitch, I think it was maybe evolved here lately. Um, I mean, I just think with Sharp, like – What they've done with Jamal Murray's and guys like that and those wings. Shea, yeah, yeah, like I think there's some Canada ties there that you can trust that the staff will – and, I mean, I think it still shows that Kentucky is a – Still, despite what happened last year, despite some changes in college basketball, I think they're still, for a lot of kids, going to be a top option. And, um, you know, I think just for Sharp that knowing you're an elite player, I mean, I think I don't, I just don't, I think for a lot of guys, it's just the same. Like, you want to get to the NBA quick. UK is still a great place to do that. I think Sharp has a good connection with the staff. And I think they've, you know, made him a priority for a long time. And, uh, you know, he's, I don't want to say you're going to reward Kentucky with that, but I mean, I think Kentucky's obviously going to get that commitment and uh, Cal will have a, if it ends up being a number one player, then that's just how it worked out. But I don't, I don't know that that was what the plan was going in, but just the way that he's continued to develop, uh, maybe everybody saw this coming. I don't know, but it does seem like, I mean, I can remember hearing his name back in the spring a little bit still when he was still ranked, you know, fairly low. I mean, I remember the first time I heard his name and went and looked him up. I was like, well, it's odd. UK's recruiting a guy which is really funny to say because he's still a four-star, but he was like in the 70s. And then here we are in September. And like you said, I mean, there's a chance he's going to be the consensus number one player in his class. So the end result I think will be great for Kentucky to have that number one guy. Um, He's going to have a lot of high expectations, Sean. I think this commitment when they get him on Tuesday is going to be one of the bigger ones they've had in a long time, honestly. Who do you think uh, the comparison is going to be on the video that they send out? That's a good question. The UK Twitter account. Uh, I don't know. Think they'll go with the guy like Jamal, like another Canadian guy, or someone maybe a little. They've gone with Jamal before, haven't they? I don't ever recall them going with. Have they went with Shea at any point? I don't know. I don't. I could see him going that. That's a that's a good that's a good little game we're going to have to play though. It's like who do they go with when it when somebody pops up like that? But well, they've never been afraid to kind of put themselves out there, right? Didn't they for Damian Collins and they put AD? They did. So <laughs> I mean, did, when did nothing he, is too out of the? Uh, I mean, anything could happen, I guess. For when did video. he get his offer, Derek Sharp? It's it's been a long time, hasn't it? I mean, this has I been mean, one that they got in on early. That was just a a riser up the the charts. I mean, he continued to December. climb. So, like, similar to Tata Washington. Tata Washington was so low in the rankings at one point and then just continued to climb and climb and climb. Now, Sharp has climbed a lot higher than Tata did. But Kentucky's been really good at kind of identifying guys and, and getting some of those guys that are just climbers in the rankings. You, you can't pay attention to where someone's at if they're at 120. Who knows where they're going to end up at because Sharp has been a guy that has just completely blew up. Yeah. He has been. I mean, that's what we were talking about when these new rankings came out. Lively was was I think Lively was always what like in the top forty ish, right? But probably not what you would have called a top performer in his class up until this summer. So, um, I, do we have any questions about the? Because I wanted to talk about this, but I don't know if we have questions that talk about the overall class of twenty twenty two. I don't. I think wanted to so. talk about my tweet. This might seem like a good time to do it. Okay, throw it in. Uh, so I'm going to go for it. <laughs> uh, uh, well, there is a question about Chris Livingston in here. We'll get around to him. But last night I was – well, I was actually playing around with this before last night, and I didn't have Livingston 
included. But on 24-7, on the football side, you guys have heard me talk about the class calculator. Obviously, you can do that with basketball, too. And in a six-person class, Derek Lively, Shaden Sharp, Chris Livingston, Sky Clark, who's obviously the only one committed at this point, and then also Cason Wallace and Adeem Bona, that would net them, obviously, six five-stars, six guys who at this point are all top 15 in their class, I believe, at least top 20. Um, the This number doesn't really mean much if you don't have any context, but it's going to net them 70.98 points, which will be the second-best class they've signed under Cal, if this is what it ends up being, and only trailing – 2013 and really I wouldn't say 2013 class is any more impressive but they had two more commitments so they had eight guys I don't see this class getting to eight I think any other additions they make will probably be from the transfer portal so that won't count into this but when you're talking about getting back Sean to the top I mean I think it's going to be Duke's class with Barrett and Zion I think was the best ever in the internet era I think this will be a top five all-time class for any any team so I mean this is a serious seriously talented class we're talking about if that's how it ends up being yeah, if, if if they find a way to get a Dembona and Derek Lively together, which I think is the the biggest question mark, is if both those guys play together. But you you kind of let us into the Chris. Can you take team. that trade off though? If it meant you do, I think you take it. Right? Yeah, you, you do. could get Lively. If, if you can get one of them, you're set, in my opinion. I mean, they're they're both different, and we have a question about that. Uh, but hoops coverage, do we really have a shot at Chris Livingston? He seems to be a heavy Memphis lean. And when this question was sent in, I would have said Memphis. But then some things kind of come out last night. Travis Graff puts in a future cast on Rivals because Travis Graff got really good info on the situation, Derek. And that's something that people don't make flips unless there's something there. And now what I'd watch, you see Kyle Tucker come out and tweet last night a little bit about Chris Livingston and that, you know, the Kentucky family connection there and everything that this is one that I would pay attention to future cast. I'd pay attention to 24 seven sports crystal balls, because when something like this happens at some point, the momentum shifts and I feel a lot better about where Kentucky is with Chris Livingston. Now a Memphis fan actually found something that I posted on the Facebook page last night. They're coming out of everywhere right now. Like they're, they're riding all this <laughs> momentum and I'm like, man, they're literally digging and searching for anything about recruiting I think I think Kentucky feels like they're in really good shape with Chris Livingston, and if they get another top five prospect to go with the Shaden Sharp to go with these other guys, man, this class is really starting to look scary. Yeah, and it's probably worth mentioning he cut uh, on my birthday actually, August twenty eighth. He cut his list of four: Georgetown, Memphis, Kentucky, and Tennessee State. So obviously he had UK included there. Uh, this might be a dumb question. I'm wondering who in the hell in Ohio could have had a better season than him, but I'm reading this Yahoo story. He averaged 31.1 points, 15.8 rebounds, and 6.5 assists, 4.7 steals, and 4.3 blocks last year, and he was runner-up for Mr. Basketball in Man. the state of Ohio. And so He's one of those guys those that – Those are some crazy numbers. <laughs> he's one of those guys that can play that three spot there too, Eric, with his, with his frame oh, yeah. and everything that can, some of Kentucky's best teams have had guys like Chris Livingston on it. Those guys that that had that size and had that length and stuff at that position, I'm sitting here thinking of a roster that includes Shaden Sharp and Kaysen Wallace and Chris Livingston. Like, oh my gosh! Like, yeah, if they pull this thing off, Derek, they they would be super young. But we're talking talent like Kentucky used to get, and I that's, think we got that's a little, scary. Uh, yeah, you're you're dead right about that. I think we got a little home home state flavor going here uh ohio state signee malachi branham who i believe was related to khalil branham right 
the former uh, yes, receiver. I'm pretty I think sure. they were related. Either way, he won the Ohio Mr. Basketball, and perhaps he was deserving, but I felt like a little uh, – maybe a little throwing the bone to the home state commitment there. Because Livingston obviously doesn't even have Ohio State in his final list. But, uh, no, you're right about that class. It would be – and even if, you know, one of those guys maybe isn't in it, I – I knocked Bona off on the class calculator, and it's still one of their best classes ever, which is what happens. I mean, if you get two or three guys in the top uh, – I think it would be three top five guys, right? Livingston, Sharp, and Lively. So, yeah. um, that's going to give you a huge boost. And, and another thing, too, is, like, these rankings aren't settled, obviously. I mean, no. you're probably going to have two or three more rankings updates. So, I think there's a good chance, you know, if they get Sharp and Lively, that one of those guys is going to be the number one player in the class, and that just gives you a huge bump anytime you can sign a number one player. Yeah, you've you've got potential there too. Like, how high does Wallace climb if they get him? How right. how high does some of those guys go? I'm losing my voice here. We're not even <laughs> through mailbags. So, Brandon's question. I know people didn't seem too crazy about playing Kofi and Oscar together, but should people be feeling differently about the combo of Derek Lively and a Dembona? I believe it would honestly be a better fit given the ability that I've seen of Lively to stretch the floor. Thoughts? I do think that those two could coexist. Derek and I think that that's what it comes down to. Kentucky's getting one of them, in my opinion. Uh, Lively, obviously, Duke Duke pushes for guys like that all the time. That, that I could see Derek Lively going to Duke. I could see Derek Lively not even at Kentucky or Duke, maybe in North Carolina, something like that. But I think that they fit together because Bona, when you watch his tape, is just a physical presence. I mean, he is just – he's so strong, block shots at the rim, Lively, to me, can step out, and I think that that's going to be where his game really fits and molds to the professional level is showing that versatility and that mobility, too, that could step out on the floor a little bit as well as protect the rim and do some things inside. I think that they could coexist. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, obviously, at this point, UK doesn't have any big committed. Um, when you're talking about lively and, and in terms of coexisting with someone else, you think about Duke, who has Kyle Filipowski committed, and he you're talking about a guy, Sean, that Kentucky offered, but he had a huge rise in the rankings. He's a five-star now, top 15 player. I don't know what the Duke pitch is in terms of those two playing together. I mean, because Filipowski's listed as a center, obviously lively at seven foot one is as well. Um, and I also don't know what Duke might have coming back next year you get what i'm saying like i don't know yeah. what the pitch is going to be for duke like or in terms of how he's looking at his college experience because you could have a number of bigs back at uk as well flip side is this is a potential number one player i don't think you're going to stress too much 
about the guys who are there because you just assume that, you know, you're going to be one of the better players on the team regardless and you're going to get your minutes. But I do wonder maybe what the Duke sell is to him right now in terms of how he will fit into John Shire's first team if you were to go there. And then I see Ryan sent a question in on Wednesday via DM. Hearing anything on Chris Livingston? Seems like some smoke <laughs> is forming, but not sure if it's legit or not. Well, uh, he was ahead of it. <laughs> he was because that smoke is definitely legit. And then he says – Hearing that UK won't be adding both Lively and Bona, but that they would like to add Chris Livingston as a small ball four with one of the two big men. What combination of these three players do you think UK does get? Two, which of these players would you prefer to have on next year's roster? Three, are there any players no one is currently talking about that UK is in good position with? And four, with so many names being thrown around how many guys does UK see in this class originally I thought four with five is the max but now I'm thinking it could reach six newcomers next year um you could see that right we that's the question I think is does a dim bona and Derek Lively play together at Kentucky if they both end up there Derek because if not Livingston has all the capabilities as I was talking about with being that three guy to play a small ball four, and you see Kentucky kind of transition to that with this roster this year, you could see you could see that pay off, and, and maybe that's the pitch. Maybe Kentucky does feel like that they can't get both Adembona and Derek Lively, and and Lively to me seems to be the guy that's going to be the spring decision. I just think that he's going to be the one that kind of looks at these rosters and says, "All right, is a Damian Collins there? Is an Oscar Sheboy there for another year at Kentucky?" I, I think that that's what's kind of playing into the the bigs are more complicated to me than the backcourt when it comes to filling out this roster. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of questions to keep up with. Um, the combination, like like we were saying earlier, I think you can definitely do without Bona if it meant that Lively's there. Where it probably gets tricky for UK is if you know you could get Bona in the fall signing period, you can just go ahead and get him on board. Or do you risk saying, hey, Lively's our top guy. We don't want to make any decisions on a big until we find out what he does. I think that's a tricky spot to be in. Um, but given that you do have the portal to fall back on these days, I I personally would say it's Lively's probably good enough where you would you could wait for him, honestly. Yeah. And if you feel confident about what you're building around, I mean, I think, Sean, a lot of these guys, I mean, everyone's going to make their own decision. But if you've got Sharp, Livingston, Clark, and Wallace on board, you got four elite guys all pitching a lively saying, yeah, you, like you're the missing piece to what we need next year. Like I think that's a hell of a sales pitch to have. Um, I, I don't know. It's yeah. it's tough. I guess a lot of it depends on like how good do you think Bona could be, yeah. you know, as a freshman. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I think obviously Lively is – Lively's the guy. He's probably, what, a top three pick? He is. Going into college projected, whereas and, Bona is probably going to be a little bit more raw, I would say, just not quite as advanced as Lively. So I, I would personally wait. But, again, I wouldn't fault UK if you can get a top 15 big <laughs> to sign in the fall. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to say you're making no. a bad decision doing that. And then, honestly, when you look at this big situation they have on the roster now, I mean, I think that you could see one of those guys be back. Like, is, is it a Damian Collins for another year? We, we don't know how he develops and stuff this season. Does Oscar Shibway feel like one season at Kentucky's enough? I don't know. So that's another thing that plays into it. If but if you, now that you're throwing in and factoring in Chris Livingston into this, Kentucky doesn't have to get both those picks because you can you can throw another top five guy into the mix there. When it comes to the overall class, though, Derek, I, I'm I think that it has five freshmen in it. I really do. Yeah, 
So I agree with you too that Biggs will be something they can wait on. Like you know, you have six guards. You know, Mince is going to be gone. Uh, you know, Grady's going to be gone. Those are two guys who are seniors. Um, You're going to lose I one of those most, guards. Yeah, I mean, either Wheeler or Washington won't be there. So, like, it's you can go ahead and load up on guards if you want just because you know they're going to be there. But you're right. I mean, Sean, even think – even if Collins did go pro or Sheboy did, like, you could still have Ware. You could still have Toppin who can be a big um, – I, mean, I personally, I think they'll get one of Collins or Sheboy back. I, I really think that right now. But, again, the season hasn't started. I mean, maybe I'll change my mind on that. I'm kind of with you. I, I'm thinking one big might be enough. Out of the high school class. And there's a sneaky there's a sneaky other scenario too that I think Bryce Hopkins is another guy that we don't talk a ton about that I could see really being good as he goes throughout his college career at that four spot, could play the three spot, another versatile piece. Uh so and there's the like I said, it's there. it's close. I mean, if you get this projected class that we've talked about, I don't see any way that they're not the preseason number one team once they get some guys back. I mean, this is going to be the kind of team that you should have enough experience back and enough key role pieces that if these guys coming out of high school live up to their rep, I mean, there's it's going to be hard to see many teams being – talent-wise, hard to see any team maybe being better than Kentucky. And, of course, in college basketball, it doesn't always mean much. I mean, you can get knocked out one bad game. But – uh I think that's an early look at a easily probably a 31 team yeah. minimum, I would say. And this probably should have been where you threw your tweet in. <laughs> but oh well. <laughs> Adam Adam says things have been eerily quiet for UK between DJ Wagner. Has anything changed as of late, or is it just because the energy of the staff has been focused on the 2022 class? I think it's because the energy is in 22. And I now that once you get Shade and Sharp committed here, and then we expect that to be Kentucky, and you get another guy or so as they move towards November, Derek, that's when you're going to see 23 become the main focal point of what Cal and the staff does. Once 22 is about 75 to 80% done, that's when 23 gets all the attention because then you're talking about maybe one guy, two guys tops that they're still in on in 22. I think that that's the biggest reason why things are quiet. I could be dead wrong on this, but I wouldn't be surprised if there have already been some assurances made on Wagner anyway <laughs> to Cal that, like, you know, we're, DJ is a good player, a great player maybe. We're going to see what the pro route might be out of high school. That Maybe the family will consider that. But I got to think Cal knows if the day comes that he needs to turn it up on Wagner that he'll be at UK. So I think part of that, I'm not saying you take that for granted and you don't recruit them at all. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like, you've already got a unique in on Wagner that, you know, you can focus a lot of your energy on getting this year's class in place, getting next year's roster ready. And then whenever Wagner is, you know, becomes the focal point, you can go all in and get that done. Yeah. And now let's transition. We, I see two questions, I think. Uh, about this year's team, go Big Blue. This has to be on paper <clears throat> one of the deepest number quality of teams in the SEC preseason in recent memory. I, I agree with that. Like, it's yeah. – they're so deep, Derek, with guys that have collegiate experience. And I still don't think that this roster has a lot of NBA talent on it out of those guys that are that have transferred in. I think that it's just good quality college basketball players to go with maybe a couple of guys that are going to be successful in the league 
like a Tata Washington. I know it's it's the freshmen that have all the upside mm-hmm. when it comes to the NBA. It's the older guys that, to me, if they can key in and develop into really good role, great college basketball players, this this team has a lot of potential. Which leads us in, which leads us into this final question: Will Kentucky win it all? If not, why? <laughs> My favorite kind of question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have no idea, Derek, if they'll win it all. I, I don't. I mean, uh, an obvious – if you're asking me, would you take Kentucky, Kentucky or the field right now? Like, obviously, I'd take the field probably just because I haven't seen UK yet. But like, me personally, I think they will be in the mix. I don't think they're going to go into the tournament as a favorite. But – I think they got enough there to to be a contender. And in my eyes, that's what I always look for. I mean, I think people know that by now. They've listened to this podcast. So, I think that's your goal every year. And I think Cal, you could say he should have more to show for it. I'm not going to argue that today. Don't have the energy for it. Um, But he's generally, outside of two really bad years, had them in a place where they could have won a title. And I'm with you. Like, I don't – I'm already setting up where I think next year's team is going to be significantly better mm-hmm. than what this year's team is going to be. But that doesn't mean this year's team will be bad. I think they're definitely going to improve. I see at least a 25-win team when all is said and done, whenever the season comes to an end. And that's a 16-win increase from last year. I know that people regular, care about that. Is that regular season? No, or- I would I would say minimum, like, overall. So, I mean, you could play. SEC tournament, every 25 and 8 or something, you know, yeah, like – they're going to exceed the 21 mark for sure, though, in the regular season. I think they'll avoid double-digit losses, but I'm not sure it's going to be a dominant Kentucky team. And then it comes down to draw yeah, and, and health, and that's the thing about college basketball. They'll be a four-seater better. They will be. This year, yeah. There, there will be an NCAA tournament for this team. <laughs> I will I will say that, which uh, we have more here from Block by James. Who do you think will average the most points per game this season? My guy, Derek, is Kellen Grady. Me too. That's what I would say as well. Yep. Who would, who would be number two for you if you're – I'm thinking Ty Ty. I or Keon. See, I could see Keon. Yeah. Being that guy. Keon, you know, he, he was on the national cover of Athlon Sports and on the regional cover too. And a lot of people, somebody was like, I, I, if, they, if that's our best player, then I don't think we're going to be very good. And I'm like, what? The dude missed two-thirds of the season last year with an injury, missed all of the preseason, and then averaged double figures in 11 of 16 games on a bad Kentucky team. Like He, he seems to be, like, surprisingly polarizing to the fan base, and I can't figure out why. Yeah. Uh, really, like, I think he's a pretty solid player. Um, Keon wasn't, like, a ultra-highly rated five-star either. Like, he was kind of on the tail end, right, of even being a five-star. So I'm not sure that the expectations for him should have been to be as good as – couple of those guys that he came in with. Um, and then you're right. Like, he was out for a lot of last year. He's shown you what he can do. Like, I know people love Jacob Toppin. I'm a big fan of Toppin as well. He's had his moments last year. But, like, Keon against Tennessee was unstoppable for a stretch. And then, you know, eventually they kind of – they just have much help around him. I, I mean, I think Keon could have a huge year this year. Um, but I'm with you. I just think Grady is going to play a ton of minutes. I think he's going to get a lot of shots. I think he's a good, smart college basketball player. Um so, yeah, he'd be my guess with Keon or Tatai, number two. Yeah. And I'm checking here to make sure I haven't missed anything. I, I don't think we have. So, I think that that wraps it up. I'm trying to check 
Did you wait? Well, me and you both had one the other day uh, from Dale. Uh, oh yeah. What's the deal with Chris Livingston? It seems to have a very odd list of final schools in addition to both pro options. Only predictions I could find were to Memphis, but those were a little bit ago. His camp also seems kind of quiet and hard to guess. Uh, so we pretty much already got yeah. to that. If, if we if we miss one, hopefully we got to it. Here's another one from Stephen. Without having done my research, it seems that the recent run of NCAA champions have been driven more by experience and guard play more than one to two superstars and or freshmen. So am I just a BBN homer for thinking UK is underranked this year? And if the chemistry is as strong as reported, this is a Villanova-style championship-level team. I'll go to uh, my grave pounding the table that that Villanova, that last Villanova national title team was like the best title team since Kentucky in 2012. That team was incredible. Uh, so, no, I don't think this team's going to be like as good as that. And I'm also not sure they're going to uh, – how do I say this? I'll believe Cal will play that way when I see it. <laughs> so – Well, they did put out the tweet the other day with the video shooting threes and dunks, and that was all you saw in that clip. So, you can tell uh, – you know, you know, Cal is when he gets – When Cal gets into the heat of it, he reverts back to what he's always done. So – think you better hope that you see that a lot this season and he changes a little bit um but i mean i do i think what the question more so is probably talking about style of play i do think with the way this roster set up that they were not going to have a choice but to do that so and i alan, can see playing similar to that alan had one too but we pretty much already covered all that he talked about uh kyle tucker's tweet expecting sharp and and Lively maybe even a surprise guy and was asking about uh, Bona and Lively playing together. Is that a, one of their camps thing, or is it because Oscar and Collins could be back? And then he was asking about uh, Chris Livingston and that it seems to be Memphis is to lose. So we, we did cover Chris all Livingston. Today. Just wanted, I just wanted Alan to know that I did yeah. see that question, uh, and we, we got to that. And then here's the last one, Derek, that I can see, and it's back to Final Four. If you and Derek were in charge of UK sports, what would you guys? What would your guys' approach be to NIL? How do you com combat Memphis FedEx just giving kids a million dollars to go to their schools? Consider Lex and corporate possibilities, etc. Boy, deep on this. There's a reason I went to journalism school and not business school. Oh, I'll also tell you too, like, like this. Back to Final Four is not very happy that Memphis could just and FedEx could come together because <laughs> that's the second straight. Oh, was he the guy? Oh, okay. Yeah, that the same that's guy? the second okay. straight week. Like, he's probably really fired up about Chris Livingston. Just stick one right to Memphis here. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I mean, Penny's not even made the tournament. And they're – Yeah, but I mean – I mean, they got – I'm I'm still – I need to see Imani Bates and see if that thing just doesn't blow up in his face. I mean, there's no doubt there's a lot of hype there. Uh, always has been with Memphis. Um, New Kentucky, right? Yeah, I mean, let's be real. I don't think there is a business in Lexington that can compete with FedEx. <laughs> I mean, uh, FedEx is a major worldwide company. I mean, based right there. I mean, the arena is named after, or used to, I assume the arena is still FedEx form or whatever it used to be called. I doubt that's changed. Um, I would take the although, ticket to the Butcher's Pub. That's where I yeah, take them. Take them to the I mean, you got like it's not even a comparison. Like, if you drive around Lexington, like, where do you see the coaches? They're like on Paul Miller Ford, where I bought my vehicle, I will say, uh, a few years ago. But, you know, there just aren't 
I mean, I, what's I don't even know what Kentucky's leading industry even is these days. Like, I know coal has really fallen off. I mean, 30 years ago, you could have had all that coal money probably flowing into players if that's how it would have been. But uh, obviously, that's been reduced dramatically um, over the years. So, back to Final Four, I don't know. I can't answer you. I don't. I don't. I don't think you can compete with FedEx if that's what's going to happen. I also think if that's truly what was going down and if it's reported that way and they can actually look into it, then I think you could probably put a stop to that maybe, or at least have to find some other indirect workaround. Cause if it was as blatant as being like, Hey, FedEx is going to put a million bucks in your bank account, then uh, you, who, well, who can compete with that? Honestly, if it comes in a FedEx box, it's better than coming in a McDonald's bag. Right. Yeah. If you're, yeah, <laughs> if we're talking cash, <laughs> Well, Derek, that wraps up the do what? This is Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> well, that wraps up the the basketball mailbag. So we we hope that you enjoyed that. Uh, pretty soon, once we'll have our next mailbag will be post sharp. So we'll have a lot more questions. I'm assuming there'll be no shade and sharp questions in recruiting. And uh, pretty soon, these mailbags will transition to what is going on with Kentucky's basketball roster, games. And uh, those mailbox, mailbox, those mailbags will be will be fun as well. So we're looking forward to that. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. 